<laughs> I, Gold Mask, have successfully stolen the next episode of Sidebirds and Cigarettes. <laughs> Not so fast, Gold Mask. Detective Drew Ketchy, you found me again. Indeed I have. And you will not get away with this, Gold Mask, or should I say, Guillaume. So, I see you found out my secret identity. Hand the episode over and maybe I'll let you off the hook. All right, all right. I know when I have been bested. But mark my words, detective. I shall come back. <laughs> and clean that gold paint off your jacket. Welcome to Sideburns and Cigarettes, a Lupin the Third podcast, a podcast about a monkey-faced thief, his friends, and their many adventures. I'm Drew. Yo, no. I'm Jay. Ow. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm wearing headphones. I'm wearing dope shades. <laughs> I am the amazing Chris Godby. And don't you forget it. <laughs> Damn Skippy. Not as, not, not as dramatic as laying my hand down on the desk, but... <laughs> you gotta, you gotta pull the uh, Phoenix Wright uh, table slap. <laughs> not around the Vasquez. It's only valid in a court of law, and I'm Natalie. This is our reaction series to part six, Tea Time, and folks, you're gonna have to bear with me tonight. It's a very tragic event. Very, very... Deep loss in my life. I'm have, we're mourning the loss of Black Lizard Fujiko. Just a moment of silence. Oh it's lord! Been, it's, been a, it's been it's been a tough week for me, fellas. <laughs> a moment of silence, and Natalie immediately comes in with, "Oh lord, <laughs> buy her a ring and marry her already." For fuck's sake! I'll do sake. it. What? <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I shouldn't have said that. Considering what happens in the episode, that may be more difficult than you might think. Yeah. This is true, because now they're... Plus, she's not real. They, yeah, they're, they're not real. They pretty much got the whole, you know, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good treatment. Oh, God. The embarrassing. <laughs> Mr. Lupin, I don't feel so I think, good. I think, I think that hurt me more than actual um, endgame... Or Infinity War, whatever. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to do like so, a, a brief little... Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, since Jay wasn't here with us last week, I was going to suggest that maybe he could... Uh, we could start by letting him tell us what he thought about this two-parter. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's a, I, Actually, absolutely. So we'll do a little round table, starting with Jay. How'd you feel about it? Oh, Lord. Personally, I really liked the episodes. They were a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I kind of had a little nitpick about something. Um, I'm trying to jog my memory, though, and right now it's just not there. Um, but it was towards the end of uh, the part two episode, and uh, I can't remember what happened. That just bothered me. Anyways, moving on. Someone else answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, how did you feel about the the conclusion and the yes, uh, the two parter as a whole? Uh, yeah, I, I I really dug it. Um, although I feel like you know the elephant in the room here is the fact that oh, what was her name? Uh, uh, Saren Toya. Uh, thank you. How she turned out to be the king of her nation. <clears throat> I, uh, I mean, I kind of had a nitpick on that too, but 
uh, I don't know, I'm forgiving of Japan's like tendency to go to that trope because they've done it so much in the past. It doesn't even phase me anymore. Well, if I may interject, yeah. um, the tr the transvestism trope is so common in Japan that um, I'm so desensitized to it. I mean, it's not the first That's time. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it, it's been done so many times in Lupin. I'm not going to mention specials or anything, but believe it or not, it was done with Black Lizard too. Not like they made Black Lizard to be a transvestite or anything, but. The first known transvestite actor in Japan played um, Black Lizard for the first time when they did a live action adaptation of Kogoro Akechi's story. And this was like in the, oh my goodness, I don't even remember how long ago this was. But it was a nice piece of trivia I picked up when I was reading into Edogawa Rampo. And I, and I kind of laughed at the little coincidence because of the reveal that um that well, I, what's I mean, her name again um Sarantuya. yeah that Sarantuya was actually um was actually a king was actually the heir the male heir to a throne not a girl okay see now that that thing about the live action adaptation i was unaware of so you know that twist <laughs> may be more clever than i was giving it credit for now i mean yeah, i don't i'm not i'm not saying that that twist was a direct shout out to that particular piece of content, but it doesn't surprise me. Again, Japan loves to play with that trope a lot. So it, it, it did bother me on a gay level though. Like as a, as a gay person, I was like, yes, sapphic vibes. And then suddenly, Oh, she was a boy all along. Fuck. Yeah. yeah I was really hoping for some lesbians. I, I, I guess like, the thing that really like rubbed me the wrong way, the reveal in and of itself, fine. It's the fact that there's that specific scene in the previous episode where it was like teasing a relationship between him and how it was really normalized and really sweet. It just seemed like a kind of like generally mm -hmm. wholesome, nice thing. It just feels like bait. Like, yeah. Yeah. For lack yeah, exactly. of a better word. And, and like, it still could have worked, though. Like, you know, even if, you know, they just could have said that she was the queen. Yeah, exactly. You know, instead of king. But if yeah. they were going to be historically correct, um, Mongolia, when it was a monarchy, had male primogeniture, not not just primo. You know, I don't know if you guys know what the definition of primogeniture is. It just literally means firstborn child. And most monarchies are predominantly male primogeniture where the first boy is the throne no matter like it is the heir to the throne you have an older sister too bad older sister baby brother gets gets there first and mongolia was always a male primogeniture um kind of um monarchy but just exclusively male i don't even think women were allowed to inherit that's something i have to ask google <laughs> well okay google i mean at the same time, though, let's be honest, this franchise has never been too big on being historically accurate, you know, to a fault. I mean, no, no, you're right. You're right. But and it's and, you know, also spoiler warning, the whole thing turned out to be a simulation anyway. So, yeah, so that you know, that's really another like. reason why I didn't have to be historically accurate. Yeah, oh, see, yeah, that, I, I, that twist, too, kind of confused me, like to quote the vine, I am confusion because um, they did properly explain it with the exposition between Goemon and Lupin at the end. But at the same time, I was like, okay, so was it time travel? Was it not? Did Goemon really die after getting shot by um, the character Jigen embodied? You know, I, I, I just, the twist really gave me much more questions than answers. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Of course, I, I know exactly what happened to Goemon when he got shot in the head. He fell he, he fell in the river, and then the screen went black, and then it said, game over, restart from last checkpoint. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like that, pretty much. Because legit, did Goemon, did Goemon die? Did Goemon get injured? Um, what is this? I am confusion. I, uh, the boys lived through worse. I know, but... <laughs> I'm still confusion. 
I, I guess for me, the, the, the thing I didn't mind, I, I, I did like the fact that, that there was no like definitive answers as to why it was happening or what was going on didn't really bug me as much. I thought it was just kind of fun that they're like, it just cuts to these dudes like in a, uh, in the laboratory, just freaking out. No context at all. I, I, I like being kind of thrown headfirst into kind of like semi mamo territory. I, I guess the thing that the, the yeah. thing that did confuse yeah. me was the face off between Goemon and Jigen slash Hongo because like I guess Goemon was going to ascertain if that was Jigen or not, and then like he's asking him the three questions, and then like they kind of like strike well, two at each other. But the th- yeah, exactly. And the third one like it doesn't get answered, and he just falls in the lake, but then he comes back when he switches stuff around so i don't know that was kind of weird because it turns out that jigen was not jigen he was yoshiaki hongo who was i found out just today is also a Mm -hmm. japanese literature character although more more obscure here yeah i guess guess also obscure in japan Mm -hmm. well not as popular as you know not not on the same level as kogoro akechi but it's kind of like how if I, I came up to someone and I'm, I, it's like if I walked up to someone here in the States and asked them, do you know who V.I. Wachowski is? They're going to look at me like whom? And unless you've read the books or watched the movie with, um, I can't even remember the actress who played her, but it was like a movie from the 80s. Then you would know who she is. But yeah, it's yeah. like on that level. But, you know, what I did like I liked just the simple idea of Lupin and Goemon going on a heist together. Because we never really get that too often. I like that reveal at the end of, of Lupin going on being like, so we're the only two real guys here, right? Ah, right, cool. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need I need more capers with going on and Lupin. Like, I need I need more adventures with them. Like, it's like uh, that kind of thing reminded me of a uh, you know the, th- the kind of thing Monkey Punch would do a lot. It was like he wouldn't have like all five characters would not be in every single chapter. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, I can, I can think of a few uh, story, you know, manga stories off the top of my head where, you know, it is just Lupin and Goemon, or may, or you know, maybe just Jigen by himself, or you know, stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me some more of that Goemon Lupin. Like, I, I I need I need more adventure, not just adventures. I need like a day in a life of them together. Like maybe Jigen takes some time off, and you know. He's trying to paint, Lupin's trying to paint the town red with Goemon. But you know how Goemon is. He's just kind of like a little bit of a stick in the mud. And, you know, Lupin's like, let's go dancing. No. Uh, let's go to the mall. No. Let's go get food. Only Japanese. <laughs> I'm going to go back on something I literally just said a second ago. But um, the, the, I don't mind it not being explained too much. But the whole thing involving... Ruriko and her involvement in the whole thing in general. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing she's obviously not alive anymore, even though when Ruriko comes around and says, like, thank you for being part of my dream, it's clearly an older voice saying that, almost as if she's, like, controlling the whole thing. But also, whoever... I'm trying to piece it together, because whoever is got Lupin and, and, and Goemon trapped in this simulation once whatever's in their hideout but they're also using equipment made by some old lady from osaka who got who did like archaeo- archaeological stuff again that's why i kept saying i am confusion because is it a dream is it a simulation is it time travel what happened to this well, woman okay i mean because those again, questions were those questions were answered, though. It, it, is a, yeah. it is a simulation. But. Yeah, but again, the parts of it that didn't make sense is why I'm questioning it. And about what's her name? Um, I'm bad with names, especially with the one-sided characters in, in the franchise. But I, I'm, I believe the implication is that she's dead because there's a memorial for her in that building. So it's like... Were they trying to activate her dreams, be or like, or her, or unlock her memories because they're trying to look for that treasure? Question mark. Question mark. Again, I enjoyed the episode, but my pragmatic, plot-driven brain is just like, what is this? I don't even. Okay, my uh, <clears throat> my reasoning was that 
the simulation was based on the adventures that she actually had. Yeah, that was clarified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like you know, that's you know, uh, that's how I saw it. And that, of course, the big difference being that, you know, she uh, a different Lupin got involved in the adventure this time. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, no, that actually does track. And I'm I'm getting a little too like in the weeds with it because overall, I'm, I'm making it sound like I'm being so hyper like critical of it, but I actually did really enjoy. I especially enjoyed like when when. Uh, Lupin and Goemon are like walking through. He throws the little paper airplane of the uh, the password that they're never going to get because that thing is going to just go into those like beams and just get incinerated. And he's like telling mm-hmm. Goemon that like you know, hey, like this, like this, pretty much, like like who knows this could have all happened. Um, uh, it, was, it was some line of dialogue to that effect, just like insinuating that like this is all things that have happened. They were just kind of reliving like actual events from the past and like things that like that would never happen if it weren't for people like them in the world and how like, you know, kind of almost kind of like not history repeating itself, but it's kind of like, Hey, you know, like we were still doing our thing, you know, back like an early show era Tokyo. That's pretty cool. Huh? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Let's go home. Nice. It it, it ended on on a very nice note. I did like the ending of the classic time traveler trope of, I was here at this time to leave that mm-hmm. little bit of ambiguity. And I think that's why I kind of started tearing up, not because of the trope, but because how they use that trope to end that, to end that episode. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, 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 it the, the episode itself and the storytelling behind the episode itself leaves a lot of sentimentality. And that's why I had feels for it mm-hmm. because, you know, this is the memories of a person who wanted to relive those memories, I guess, or kept arch- archived it or whatever. And even she told Lupin and, and Goimon, thank you for joining me in reliving my memories. And it's just like, oh, so cute. Yeah. That was really nice. And uh, <clears throat> something I was, I was thinking about just now is that this is twice in a row now we've had uh, you know, Lupin and his gang acting out someone else's story when was because we the had that with the, uh, the killers. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. You know, they were, you know, they were acting out Hemingway's story, mm-hmm. but in this one, they're acting out someone else's, you know, memories of, you know, Japan in the thirties. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these different, you know, literary detectives coming in on this one as well. And, I'm just you know, just kind of like a nice showcase of what the series is about, I guess. Oh yeah, totally. You know, paying pay, you, know, you know, paying homage to crime and mystery uh, fiction. Mm-hmm. But even then, I felt like, kind of like with Ellery Queen in the train episode, while Kogoro Akechi was there in both episodes, and it is an Edogawa Rampo story, Kogoro Akechi was just kind of like put put to the back burner a little bit. Like he was there, he provided context. But in the end, he was there. There wasn't much of him. There wasn't a lot yeah, I, of him. Yeah, I feel like he was mostly there just so they could say that they included uh, Akechi in there somewhere. Yeah. Because he, because he was too important to leave out, but they couldn't really come up with anything bigger for him to do. It's like, it's like we, we got we to gotta feature this guy somehow. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> he, he literally took a back seat in, the ep- like in part two because I've... It was kind of funny how like like he genuinely like pulls up two chairs like oh well I'm taking a nap my work here is done <laughs> see, <laughs> see you guys Lupin gangs here I'm out <laughs> but also in a way this this epi- these, this two parter was an homage to the works of Edogawa Rampo himself because again it wasn't just oh, yeah. one it wasn't just one story there was Kogoro Akechi who was the prominent detective character in Edogawa Rampo's works. There was um, black the story. Go- there was Black Lizard, whom he wrote short stories for, and I don't, I can't recall if 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 she was crossed over with Kagoda Kachi. I would have to reread it. And then of course there's the story of the Gold Mask itself, which was an Edogawa Rampo story. So this mm-hmm. this two parter was dedicated to Kagoda to Kagoda to Edogawa Rampo. The end. Well, Jay, any thoughts on that? <laughs> I know I've been very quiet. <laughs> I, I know I've been very quiet. It's because I was trying 
to research stuff and figure things out, and literally nothing I looked up came to any fruition. However, mm-hmm. as I was re-watching the tail end of part two while you guys were chit-chatting, I was reading kind of a Lupin's monologue at the end and talking about how they trapped him and put him put them in this simulation. And I, I, I found myself sitting there asking, but why? Like, aside from her, Rurika, Rurika, what the hell is her name? Rurico or whatever? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, old, the old lady who's the archaeologist. Uh, like, why? Why them in particular? Or, more importantly, why are they capturing them if she may not be with us anymore? I, yeah, again, this, you know, I'm not the only one. The, thank you, Jay, for that, because it, it all circles back to, but why, though? Yeah, like the episode's a lot of fun, but if we don't have any context as to whether or not, like on the on the plaque, it says with with support from her, like mm-hmm. like it doesn't say in memory and not in me, not in memory of. It says with like with support of. So oh, yeah. that to me means that she might still be alive, maybe on her, I don't know, her deathbed or something, and this is her final wish, or. Or, or maybe she wasn't involved at all. Like, huh? Okay. Or, or you know, maybe you know these eggheads, you know, built this you know whole thing, you know, without her really being involved with it much at all. It's like That's they made. The thing is, it says it was yeah. built with support from her, which means she right. knows it's like around. Maybe, maybe it's financial like said, maybe, support. You know, like maybe they. It could be, or it could be that they, you know, use, you know, her adventures as like inspiration for it. Yeah, possibly. And maybe that's what they meant by support. Because I, I'm I'm not sure why she, why she would want, you know, to get into Lupin the Third side out. All right. Yeah. That that's what kind of like got caught with me. I I think we really, as fun as it kind of was, I think we could have ditched the whole Goemon versus Jigen Hongo scene just to get like a little bit more room for the ending to kind of, I don't know, play out just Make a little sense. bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, because that, that that whole going but, on but, Jigen fight thing just feels very pointless. It's fun. No, agreed. But it didn't really do anything. It, it, yeah, it, it was gave, fun. It gave context? Oh, question mark? Question mark? Question mark? I feel. I don't know about that though, because if we really look into it, like yeah, they ask a couple questions. I don't even remember what the first two questions were, but the last one that never got asked. Had to have been something re- regarding if this was real, like going on yeah. questioning if this was real. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's catching on. He's like, okay, I, like he knew that he shouldn't know about his Antetsukan. You know, he knew about that, and yet when Lupin brought it up, it clicked in both their heads. Oh, they're not from this time period. They mm-hmm. should not know about this item. So he was probably about to ask about that, or rather, if this whole thing was even real in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know that would track. It would really, su- it would really suck though, because because like I would assume like he's going to ask, is this real? Maybe he gets shot and realizes like he's not actually like dead or injured, and he's like, ah, you answered it. Right. It's going to follow. Like, but it would really suck though if it turned out to be real. It's like I have one last question. Pop. <laughs> Splash. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Goy Manishkao. Rip. <laughs> Rip. Goy final words. Oops. Oops. <laughs> I feel like those would be my final words. And my final words in life in general. Um, but overall, I mean, it wasn't a terrible. It wasn't a terrible episode overall. Yes, we couldn't sit here and nitpick about, you know, the the transvestism reveal and and of course um we could try to figure out this convoluted plot but again <laughs> it's lupon how many times have we tried to figure out convoluted plots in lupon uh, i mean again um, i was having a conversation with a friend over alcatraz connection because i had shown it to them and they looked at me like but but why though like why and i'm like don't ask any questions just let it be just let it be 
I stopped asking questions in this franchise years ago, and then I realized, oh, no, I didn't stop. <laughs> it's fun. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, something to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like in the Mystery Science Theater 3000 theme song. It's like, if you're wondering how he eats and breathes and other science facts, repeat to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. <laughs> <laughs> that should literally just be the mantra for Lupin fans. I mean, it's... it's it's the mantra for MST3K fans that it, circulate the tapes. That's not the point. <laughs> we we touched on it a little bit last week, and we won't get into too much detail about it here. I'm going to link the uh, – I don't know if you got to see it this morning. The uh, the review that Lee Sparks did for Lupin Central about the episode and, like, he had a fan reach out to him. It was really, it was interesting to get the perspective. It was a fan from Korea talking about like the portrayal of the Japanese Imperial army in it, even though it condemns it, which is pretty obvious in the second part, how like yeah. I mean, Fujiko literally slaps around like the symbol of Japanese Probably Imperial my power. Favorite part. Yeah. Yes. That, that was great. But they also touched on how like, again, this is a bit too much in the weeds. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to say despite how it may sound. It's very obvious that I'm a dumb and simple person uh, who doesn't know much about things. And um, Me too, Drew, me too. They kind of touched on how, like, the portrayal of Ruriko and, like, the kind of naive version of the uh, we're going to Mongolia to rescue an artifact and preserve it on, like, in our great nation. And how, like, the, mm-hmm. the kind of weird implications of that, they're just kind of like, I don't even want to say, it's, it's, it's just kind of like a backdrop in the episode. Not even backdrop. What am I trying to say? Just kind of the way it's so flippantly and, like, naively portrayed is a little. I, I got the person's perspective in the, in the review because he actually, like, let this one person, like, give a little spiel about it. And I'll link it in there to provide a different perspective. I don't know if that, like, registered with anybody else and it didn't register with me on initial viewing but like on rewatch i kind of get it it's kind of it's i don't know it's a very touchy subject and i, and I understand where the other person was coming from if that makes any sense it's i'm just kind of rambling i know very little about <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm not very well versed in this myself but uh but yeah it, it does uh feel uh i what's more over here very much like appropriation, I guess. Yeah. The fact mm-hmm. that they feel like they're liberating this, you know, in the name of Japanese imperialism. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said last week, it's like, you know, the script is not depicting this as being a good thing. No, so it's yeah. like, it's clearly the villains that are doing this. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah. It, it, that, that's ultimately why it, why it didn't like bug me too much is because of just, especially in the second part, how sinister like that dude is portrayed, like him coming in, like knocking over mm-hmm. the poor little old man trying to give them little rice, like, like little, little. Yeah, little, he was a real asshole. Thing. Yeah, I know. He was a fucking dickhead. Not although no, I did no relation this, to the part one dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really okay so. Speaking as the the historian here, um, I feel like the reason why it doesn't hit you guys or even myself for that matter is because of the fact that we're Americans. And, oh, yeah, without um, a doubt. No, mm-hmm. like, here's the thing. America, I'm going to say this right now, America does have its own sins to contend to. And um, I'm not going to... No, I'm not going to get too political here and just say that, like, a lot of us can watch something portrayed by other countries ridiculing America and we can sit here and be like, oh, yeah, that's what that feels like. Yeah. Thank you for calling <laughs> us out, other country. Um, but also, like, you know, if our if something of if, if something produced in our country, which most content is produced in our country, does it, it, it feels a little bit less introspective. And again, different countries will portray different problems in their own way. Like Germany does not shy away from its sins in media. They there's t- there's some producers in Germany that will fully acknowledge, you know, ger- Nazism and, and what happened during that terrible, terrible time. And some that'll just skim through it. I mean, again, it's like 
watch some watch a piece of content about Nazis in America. And if, and if they're not the best villains, <laughs> their atrocities are completely omitted. So we have to remember that this is something made in Japan. They're going to touch upon it in a different way and in a way that might not resonate with you because you're not from that country. But you can be thankful that it doesn't praise it it condemns it which is pretty big mm-hmm. considering how imperialistic Jap- japan was in the 1930s mm-hmm. and it's still a problem that gets tackled to this day half of the reason why um some people some anime fans don't like attack on titan is because there there are some references they're very subtle but there are some references to Japanese imperialism in it. And even the creator himself, you know, allegedly, I heard this through the grapevine, is kind of like, a, yeah, he he's not a really cool fellow about history. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> it, it is a lot. And, and was, I was just going to say, essentially, it's like, you know, it's kind of ballsy of, of Lupin III Part Six to address this the way Very. they did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very. It's kind of yeah, like the head, especially because I imagine, I imagine, it'd be very easy for this to just be a nostalgic look back at the thirties. Mm-hmm. But it's, but it's not. It's you know, it's addressing, you know, the negative things about what Japan was doing as well. Oh yeah, totally. It's kind of like uh, in part five they had that scene because uh, Natalie was talking about like you know media criticizing America's past part five had that really great scene with Lupin and the uh, the CIA guy in the uh, the third mm-hmm. arc which was one of my favorite moments of that season which was pretty harsh oh, critique God. and accurate but no aside... I, I love that oh yeah totally but uh, aside from that they, that, had, that really... they had that in the Hemingway episode actually Oh yeah, they had they had this little, a, a little taste more of that in there. That was nice. Yeah. That was and also accurate. But um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I also, didn't mean to interject. But... Further, also mystery of Mamo. Mystery of Mamo did quite a bit of that kind of thing too. <laughs> you Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> call, call me a Democrat. <laughs> no witnesses. Yes, Gordon too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all here for media criticism of America. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all that aside, now, now that I'm pretty sure we've got like all the criticisms out of the way, like it, it almost <laughs> makes it like the way I've been approaching it makes it sound like I didn't like the episode and was like highly critical of it because I still enjoyed like quite a bit of it. I mean, the whole uh, switcheroo that Lupin does with uh no, not switch it, but like, like the fake out he does is a catchy. Kind of reminded me of the uh, the bit in the previous episode with the catchy switching back the paper again. It's more crisscrossing, fooling people shenanigans. Enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I think I may have liked some of the humor and the action in the first part a little better because this one was relatively light on it. This one was more just kind of wrapping everything up in an inter- It was still very entertaining, especially. I loved I loved just the imagery oh, yeah. of the uh, the walls randomly coming down all around them and the little the little like typewriter appearing and Lupin just messing with it and taking them all over the place. That was a lot of fun. If if uh, if memory serves, someone asked him like you know what the password was, Lupin was just like, oh I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a part two. <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> you know, first episode I ever saw, by the way. Nice. <laughs> So overall, we can agree. Good episode, good commentary. Um, sad about the the king, the prince king reveal, but bittersweet and leaving us very confused <laughs> over the plot. So basically, it's just a typical it's a typical Tuesday here at Sideburns and Cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that Ruriko found somebody nice afterwards in that. Sarah and Toya had a very unpleasant rest of their life for for, for fooling poor Ruriko. <laughs> I hope Ruriko has a beautiful wife. You know, well then again, mm-hmm. you know, oh God, we're going into the grim parts of history. I'm not going to say anything else. 
uh, because it was the 30s in Japan, and um, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> um, so I think it's time for us to switch it over to our good friend Guillaume. Oh, and by I- the way, I like the episode too. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I know I've been silent here, but, you know. Any additional thoughts, Jay? What what you got? Yes, please. Honestly, none, really. I just really enjoyed the episodes. As a two-parter, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, Still, my beef with the series as a whole right now is still that we have way too many uh, filler episodes at the very beginning of the series. We've only had two episodes for the Holmes plot and four filler. That's not a good sign, guys. Anyways, yeah, well, I digress. Well, like I said last week, maybe, maybe they're trying to get all the filler out of the way in the beginning. It yeah. seems counter- counterintuitive. <laughs> well, yeah, like, that's true. Like, now, you have to think about it. I know I, I touched on this, like, in, in conversations, but when you have a weekly serialized series that comes out one episode per week, you have like a six day in between or seven day in between right. every episode, which means mm-hmm. it's been four weeks since we last saw the Holmes plot. Mm-hmm. That's a month, guys. Yeah. That's a lot. We're going to have to go <laughs> back and rewatch the old episodes in order to remember what the hell even happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. How and in terrible. Japan, they may not have that opportunity. <laughs> they can't just like, unless they got the record button going, you know, on their TVs. <laughs> um, when the first one happened, I'm still re- I'm going to change my I'm going to change my stance I originally had. I'm still relatively OK with like the one-offs kind of appearing where they did since they were kind of plot justified. However, with this second part of the two-parter, it kind of felt like it dragged when it seemed like, yeah. especially the, the mm-hmm. second part being like just a general wrap up where I'm like, Oh, well, okay. All right. Like that, that was fine. It, I, I kind of feel the drag now because like the two-parter ended and it was okay. It was good. It was fun. And like, I'm trying to think, what am I trying to say here? Which is going to become my catchphrase for recording this podcast is what am I trying to say here? But <laughs> let's let's monetize well, it. I, mean, I, I, I guess uh, I think I think it's, it's more like a well that was fun. Can we go back to the main story now? Yes, right. and luckily that um, uh, the, the, the the little like next week on made me so happy. And honestly, we got like mm-hmm. we got like what. I don't think episode zero technically counts as an episode because even on like sent, even on like high dive, it's like listed as number zero. So we've got six yep. episodes left. I think there's only like one other guest writer that's been announced. So there might be one more one-off episode, but since oh boy, hot take incoming. Since we've got six oh episodes left, they're probably going to wrap up the Sherlock arc like in those five or six episodes. And with those five or six episodes, plus the two we had near the beginning, that'll be about eight episodes for like the whole arc to breathe, which is uh, more room than any arc in part five had to breathe, Uh, particularly the last one. So honestly, if if like if we get one more one off, like honestly, I could almost see it being like um, uh, we do this two parter. We do about like five of the Sherlock arc, wrap it up, and then the last one being a one-off before you like you know the end of season break, possibly something like that. I don't know. I hope they wrap it up. I still got some like faith in it because we've got six episodes left to wrap it up, and only one other guest writer's been announced. But right, that remains that remains to be seen. I'm hopeful, but I'm also after this two-parter kind. I'm kind of like, all right, let's let's get it moving. I'm the odd one here because I'm so used to one one off episodes. I'm just like, eh. but um, I'm just glad we are getting to the main plot, Mila, because this is what they this is what they advertised on. This is what they gripped us on. It's like Lupin exactly. Holmes. And then, you know, that's all you're anticipating. That's why I made that whole prediction that maybe we won't get any filler episodes. And then suddenly we get filler and it's like, OK, well. 
I guess the main story is on the back burner for a time being. That's fine. I'm okay with filler. But after th this this two-parter, it's like, is there going to be more filler? Like, wow, they really hook, line, and sinker dust with Lupin versus Sherlock. And Sherlock's like, only been in there for two fucking episodes. <laughs> that That's my biggest gripe right now. Like, don't get me wrong. I really love the filler episodes. They've been a lot of fun. They've been a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Really well written. Really well done. Re the animation in this series has actually been way better than, like, like part fives and fours combined you know they've been really good um I, honestly i just want them to like hold up their end of the bargain you advertise this holmes versus lupin plot and you're barely giving us any mm -hmm. well uh, uh part five made the same mistake i think because mm -hmm. a lot of the uh, you know promo stuff for part five focused on you know lupin and albert right mm-hmm and then as soon as Albert's story was done, he pretty much vanished. Right. The rest of I mean, I'm glad he made an appearance in this series, but I, yeah. I worry about his role in it. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't really know what his point, what the point of his role is yet. Not, not to an extensive uh, point, but. Um, I kind of get the feeling he's just going to stir up shit again because the way that episode two ended with him, like, yes, Lupin versus Holmes. Let's let's see how this plays out. And then we get all the filler. I was like, oh, he's just there to stir shit up again. Like He seems like a great antagonist to Lupin. I want him mm -hmm. to do more than just be that, though. No, yeah. I agree. Like, he's a magnificent fucking character. And this is this is what they're resorting him to. And it's like, no, honey, no, I want more of him. Why? Why? Why you do this to us? <laughs> I want them to bring back his boyfriend. Yes. Oh, you nice mean, you mean Tiki Pascal? Mm -hmm. <laughs> give me yeah. more. Give, give me more. Give me more of him. Like I, I want. I want. I want animation of him just kissing his boyfriend or yeah, deep kiss. Like no, I don't want no peck on peck on the cheek. I want some deep makeout section. Like give me all the gay shit. I'm here if you for said all the he's gay, gay shit. He's gonna show he's gay. Come on. Yes. I mean, like, like they only got like what one scene together as a couple. Yeah, yep. and, and they yeah. literally they literally showed they're not even married and they act like a married couple because they don't kiss, <laughs> they don't hold hands. <laughs> the honeymoon phase. I don't know over. what married couple you're <laughs> talking about. My parents do that all the time. <laughs> I come from divorced parents. Thanks for laying Same. it on me. <laughs> My parents are divorced. <laughs> Both remarried though. Yeah, no, I think my mom's a nun now. <laughs> oh, God. We're so but sorry. That's none of our business. <laughs> <I'm proud. laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a habit I'm trying to break. I oh. love this. And also, I, I feel like it's—I feel like it's an obligation for me to say it at this point. But you know, the ending of this episode, big laboratory, guys in white lab coats, big scientific project. I'm just saying, Lily, Watson, Mamo, dickheads—it's all connected. <laughs> it's a big, big conspiracy theory. I don't exactly. have enough. I don't have enough of a whiteboard for this, Drew. God damn it! The white. Now I have to get it. I have the to whiteboard, go to the whiteboard behind you. <laughs> you gotta have the red string going from each point here. You gotta get and it then going. I knock on the door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, when it happens, I'm gonna be happy. <laughs> oh boy, I'm really excited for him. Um, of course, we're going to, have to wrap it up pretty soon, but I, I'm, I'm really excited for whatever the second half of this series is going to be. The the uh, all the mysterious Ladies, women. That's what's going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I have Sounds questions like about it. Sounds like it's going to be an adaptation of one of my favorite Motley Crue songs. <laughs> girls, girls, girls. That's the one. That's, <laughs> I, I, I love that song. I, I love that song. Me too. But th that'll be... That's, this is one thing I do appreciate a little, a little bit more than part five. If they're going to wrap up the Holmes, the Holmes Lupin thing in like the next five or six episodes... 
I kind of like how they've are how they have a game plan that they're telling us beforehand. Because part five was like we're doing Lupin and Albert, and then when it started airing, they're like we're also doing one offs, and then uh, we're also doing uh, this, and when we're also going to this like country and this thing, and then we're also doing like this face app, whatever it was called. I don't know, shake hands, people log what. It- <laughs> <laughs> I thought People it was. Ca- I thought it was called Meta. Uh, nobody, nobody, uh, not even a titter. Oh God! Uh, I was just gonna say I never met a joke I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Dang it! I do appreciate them in advance being like, all right, so when the second half happens in January, we're doing this story where I'm like, okay, I know what to expect now. I'm not going to be like, it's not going to be like we're doing the Holmes and Watson thing. It just ends. And then it's like a whole new plot. And I'm like, oh, well, wow, this is okay. All right. So we're doing this. I, I appreciate them. It feels like they learned their lesson this time. And maybe they have more of a solid yeah. game plan than they did with part five. I got, I've got hope. We'll see how that ends up playing out. Yeah, I'm very curious about it too. Mm-hmm. Like the plot that we got going on for the second half. Yeah, I know because like the translation of it said something about like like devilish women appearing like in his life. We're going yeah. to get, we're gonna get a kind. bunch of new characters, so that'll be fun. Devilish women. I'm kind of imagining something, Alice. Alice Scott Pilgrim versus the world where just all the women Lupin has interacted with just suddenly fucking shows up. <laughs> you have pretty to defeat great. All, okay. all the women I've interacted with in my life. How many women has that been? Uh, rough, they could roughly populate I don't know what's a really small country? <laughs> Kelly Ostro. Yeah, they could roughly copy like Caliostro. <laughs> now that's a little forgiving. Uh, can you imagine though, like especially in the, uh, especially if you take uh, the manga into consideration? Oh, no, because then it would all just be Fujiko. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Which is this kind of going off topic uh, a bit, but uh, you guys have read uh, Lupin the Third T, right? I have, yeah. Yes. Well, I haven't read the, like, the translation, but I have read like the yep. actual release. But it, I don't think I've read that one. I looked at the pretty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty, aren't they? They really are. I remember like there's there's one uh there's one chapter where Lupin and Jigen are in a uh are in I think like a Middle Eastern country and the laws are so restrictive against women, like you know, like they can barely date. And like at the end of the uh chapter Lupin and Jigen, if memory serves, are being chased out of the country because Lupin ended up hooking up with every woman in town overnight <laughs> as a way to kind of like uh, snap him out of this. <laughs> which I which huh. which I thought I thought was pretty funny, and also perfectly cool. in character for the guy. Oh yes, <laughs> having sex and breaking the law, but not in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> having sex and breaking the law within reason <laughs> within reason Take, uh, it takes be gay do crimes to a whole new level so <laughs> I like how Chris just has to ponder that for two it's seconds just like, it's just like man have se- has sex with every woman in town it's like I get the I get the do crime part <laughs> I don't, wish. don't think about it too hard, Chris. It just becomes a math problem. Too late. <laughs> Chris anyway, is next the week. physical embodiment of the Jeopardy theme. Just like... I'm literally dancing to it right now. <laughs> but no, but now, now that you've all mentioned like this entire like herd of like mysterious women like all... Like populating Cagliostro, I'm going to be disappointed if the second arc isn't like a League of Women populating Cagliostro coming after Lupine, because that would be pretty rad. TMS, hire us. TMS, let's go. <laughs> to add insult to injury, all of them are just asking for child support from Lupine. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Again, there's a bit in the manga. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> 
where when, you know when Lupin the Third meets up with his dad and grandfather, a whole bunch of kids start you know rushing through the room, yelling at Lupin the Third, "Daddy!" Lupin is <laughs> screaming at the top of his lungs and running away. And then uh, Lupin the Second is like, "No, it's okay. We're just kidding. Those are actually your grandfather's children." Ha. <laughs> Old habits die Damn, hard. Damn, Grandpa! <laughs> I mean. The bring, don't fall, fall too far from the tree. It bring, does not. Bring, it brings. It just reminds me of the stupid SpongeBob hat, Foxy Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wait, wait, no. I just remembered. I just. Uh, I think the actual quote is like, "Oh no, those aren't your kids. They're your uncles." Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like. Wait, you mean? Yep. Grandpa's children. <laughs> And that's when he said, that's when Lupin the second says old habits die hard. Jay, I almost, I almost wonder, cause you said the apple doesn't far, fall too far from the tree. I wonder if that's like, like, like what's the more suitable like phrase for this scenario though? Is if the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree or the nut doesn't fall too far from the tree. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think I, I, nut <laughs> fits a little bit better for Lupin. Not always. Really during no nut. Really during no nut November, boys. Lupin come would, on, Lupin well, come on now. You know he that. doesn't follow that. <laughs> he fails. No. Like, <laughs> he fails on the first hour. He failed like, on day one. Back of dawn, you like fails. <laughs> Not you know, even like one pretty. He looked at one pretty picture of Fujiko, and he's like, "No, I'm not, not participating." E- not even day one, like one second into it, it was just like, "Nope." I was just going to say, you know, you know, three times on Halloween alone, and you know, he didn't have to. He didn't have to look at a picture of Fujiko. It's like, you know, we know what goes on in his mind. Oh yeah, we all watch Mystery at Mama. We sure have. Uh, that does explain a lot. Uh. It's less of a spank bank and more of a spank database. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving now. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, Guillaume, save us from this, please. <laughs> We're rambling, so please <laughs> swoop in and save us right about now. Hello again, Lupantic folks. Today, we'll wrap up this filler story taking place in 1930s Tokyo. Or did it? Lupin and Goemon, who was indeed the genuine article, have been transported in a simulation that they wanted to investigate. A virtual reality, which was one of my two preferred hypotheses, the other being some form of alternate dimension. I actually really like the twist, which reminds me both of Lupin the Third Y manga and even an episode of Doctor Who series 10. This Lupin the Third story works on a similar poetic logic, where Lupin does not dismisses this world as a fake and seems to generally care for the virtual characters as actual beings. He goes as far as not to call his own reality as the real world. Once again, we are touching upon meta-narrative. Lupin's conclusion to the episode is that some of these events lived in the simulation might have very well happened since they were based on Ruriko's memories. She was the invention's benefactor, after all. Plus, we get a fun reveal of the original Lupin's inscription on the wall being uncovered during the building's demolition. The anti-nationalist discourse continues with every character denouncing the general's cruel and egotistical intentions. Akechi ends up working alongside Lupin, which might be a teaser of things to come for Holmes and Lupin in their own reality once their feud is resolved. Since the episode is a love letter to Edogawa Ranpo and other Japanese crime writers of the time, the climax includes a theatrical wrap-up for every character arc. I will have to address Sarantoya's case since it is revealed she's actually a boy and the righteous heir to Inner Mongolia. It does cheapen the relationship with Ruriko since we cannot say they were a lesbian couple anymore and the previous episode now feels a bit like queer baiting. But at the same time, Ruriko's blushing surprise, even if it was scripted in some way by the simulation, seems genuine 
Plus, it does not contradict the romantic tension between the two in the previous episode. This could mean that Ruriko did have feelings for her bodyguard when she still thought that he was a girl. Plus, transvestism is a common trope in Japanese literature of almost any decade. And it is prevalent in the crime genre as well, with all the ambivalence it can imply. So, while, again, a bit cheap, that twist does not take away the possibility of a queer reading. As for Jigen, he is revealed to be Yoshiaki Hongo, an army detective created by Minetaro Yamanaka. Yamanaka was a contemporary of Edogawa Ranpo and graduate of the Military Academy of Japan. I haven't found a lot of information about Yamanaka in English, but his work seemed popular enough to have been included in a 2006 tokusatsu movie called Silver Mask. Huh. <laughs> Interesting parallel. Especially since Edogawa Ranpo is also present. Back to the episode. This reference-heavy climax feels to me like a programmed conclusion to that part of the simulation, just like when a classic play reveals the final twist, resolving the whole situation. I have seen fans scratch their heads to try and make sense of why this simulation included a fake Fujiko and Jigen, how much of it is based on true memories, or if it means that Arsene Lupin had indeed met the Black Lizard, Hongo, Akechi, Ruriko and Sarantoya. Personally, I think these questions are more stimulating than they are frustrating, and a good fiction should not answer every question. We do not expect a complete coherence from the Lupin the Third franchise, why start now? But, if you'd allow me to speculate, I see two possibilities. Either this version of the Black Lizard, Hongo and other literary characters did exist and their resemblance is because they field similar character types, or the scientists responsible for the simulation decided to base some of their characters as the well-known Lupin gang. A third possibility is that the simulation reacts to the minds of the people who enter it and project these images of similar-looking characters. Either way, none of it really matters. The episode is fun, it plays with references, makes homages and nods, and it also plays with the notion of reality itself, as Lupin is inspired by a literary character, just like every other one in this episode. Taku Ashibe manages to introduce storylines from Edogawa Ranpo and contemporaries into the Lupanifern mythos, and in that way, he completes a referential circle, contributing to Monkey Punch's own multi-referential work. If you are curious to read more Edogawa Ranpo, I can suggest you, well, The Black Lizard, of course, The Fiend with Twenty Faces, which is a more refined version of Gold Mask, and his short stories, particularly The Human Chair. Be aware, though, that some of Edgar Rampo's novels focus on human perversion, with themes of sexuality and violence. He was the father of Eroguro, after all. If you are an easily impressionable mind, I suggest you to read cautiously. But if, like me, you like the stuff, Go for it! Edogawa Ranpo has been adapted in many different mediums, but my suggestions are Panorama Island, a manga by Suehiro Maruo, which adapts the Ranpo story of the same name. Not adapted from, but heavily inspired by Edogawa Ranpo, is the manga Ghost Tower by Taro Nogizaka. It takes place in 1950s Tokyo, and has a transgender protagonist, and is as gruesome as it is thrilling and relevant. Highly recommended. You can find me on Twitter at William Barbey, B-A-B-E-Y, on Deventart and ArtStation as Shin Red Deer, S-H-I-N-R-E-D-D-E-A-R, and remember that I am also an artist. You can commission me or just send me a tip on my coffee, also under the name Shin Red Deer. Next week, we go back to the Holmes arc with revelations about what happened to Watson ten years ago.
We had a fun filler ride, but now it's time to go back to the serious stuff. And I, for one, am really looking forward to it. Especially since the episode comes out a day after my birthday. <laughs> Until then, stay safe, Lupantic folks. And remember the power of stories. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Guillaume. Thank you so much for saving me from these trio lunatic boys. OMG. <laughs> ah, baby, you know you love it. Uh, sadly, I do. <laughs> Lord, I need help. I imagine it's going to be even harder for, for, for Lupine with the uh, with the whole no no November thing. I mean, like, especially with the whole Black Lizard thing. He's going to have a hard time. He's going to have a hard time there. On that note, Drew, where can we find <laughs> a hard, a hard time indeed. Where can we find you, Drew, and your obsession with Black Lizard? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, you will find me at your local bookstore furiously searching for a copy of Black Lizard because I haven't found it yet. <laughs> but aside from that, you know, I'm, I'm really glad you, I'm really glad the verb used there was searching. <laughs> <laughs> because you said furiously, I was really afraid where that sentence was gonna go. Oh, <laughs> Gross. Oh boy. So aside from that, you can find me on Twitter at Drew Hunter15. That's D-R-E-W-H-U-N-T-E-R-1-5. And uh that's about it. So uh Jay, where can we find you at? You know, on the internet. Um ah, that clears it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh you can find me on Twitter at L O O P A W N, which is Luke Bond. Uh, Instagram at L U P I N dot S A N S E I. I post art there occasionally. Um, and yeah, wherever else. If you if you have me on Discord, great. How about you, Natalie? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Kath Lee Helsing. I'm not going to spell it because I'm pretty sure y'all can spell by now. Um, six episodes in. <laughs> and B Y N O W. <laughs> you can also you can also find me on Instagram at Captain. That's Captain spelled out. Lee Helsing. Or you can find me at your at your local cave trying to hide from these. Three boys. <laughs> okay, Chris, where can we find you? Um, let's see. I'm on Twitter at Dr. Furball, D-R-F-U-R-B-A-L-L. Um, you can find me on, oh boy, uh, Instagram, Newgrounds, and probably a few other places. Oh, Tumblr, at Amazing Chris Godby. That's a G-O-D-B-E-Y. I have a webcomic at a weirdinacan.com. And another one uh, at drawocoward.the-comic.org, both of which are, not, are now on Webtoon. And where can we find the pod, Drew? Oh, well, you can find us on Twitter at LupinPod. That's L-U-P-I-N-P-O-D. You can also find us on Instagram at the same at L-U-P-I-N-P-O-D. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you don't mind, scroll on down, give us a like and a rating. However many stars you choose, five five would be cool. Not required, but also somewhat required. <laughs> I think that's the most you can give anyways, but give us a like, give us a comment, engage with us, tell us if you like <laughs> us. Hell, tell us if you don't like us. <laughs> Just yeah, drive that engagement. Just let us know how we're doing. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like those surveys they make you do at restaurants. Like, how bad were your chicky nuggies? Let us know. <laughs> if you guys need help on finding the podcast, I'm really curious how you're listening to us right now. <laughs> Be sure to let us know. <laughs> Did you just happen to stumble I'm very, across us? Huh? <laughs> If, yeah, if you just had to sell across the sky, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is not going to make a damn bit of sense. Oh, Lord. 
Well, also, to, to, to get more engagement, I think we'll, I might need to, like, put, like, you know, our, our little banner on SoundCloud and on Twitter. I'm just going to put, like, a little, almost like a bumper sticker, like, decal that says, like, how's our podcasting? You have, like, a phone number under it. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I could design something like that. You should. Oh, hell yeah. And on that note, have a good night, Bupontic folks. And once again, another moment of silence for me, because well, no, boy, it's gonna, it's gonna be a, <laughs> it's gonna be a hard, it's gonna be a hard time to cope with the loss of. How know. to take away the mic from Drew? Help! <laughs> <laughs> Never. Until next week, Lupontic folks. Good night. <laughs> Mwah. Toodles. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on Sideburns and Cigarettes. Elementary, my dead Watson. <laughs> I, Gold Mask, am swearing vengeance on the Sideburns and Cigarettes podcast. You haven't seen the last of me. <laughs>